You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides, your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 44, recorded November 2nd, 2019. Tonight's topic is Most Loyal, Part 1. I'll be your host tonight. This is Hyven. I am Elemist. And this is Mrs. Hyven. And it feels like forever since I've hosted an episode, because, like, me being gone, and then has. we took... Yeah. Another couple weeks, and then Mrs. Hyven was host last, so man. Yeah, because we swapped this. week <clears throat> last we did. week. Yeah. All right, well, time for us Good to chat. get back to our next <laughs> book. We've had a lot of great suggestions for our uh, our last episode, our, our one offer, but uh, we're still working that out. But let's continue out, our, our first, my first book back. Anyway, podcast news, of course, we encourage feedback. Please send that to us on the Twitter at guardians underscore lore or the email guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. No, I'm not going to just stop my the Twitter and the email just because I've been gone for a while. Also, please send Literally, us a review. everyone hates you. <laughs> yep, yep. Even Kona, look at her face. She's disappointed well, in her father. Give her a father to be proud of, dang it. Well, the good news is, if you hate me and all of us to combined, you can leave us that review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, yeah. You can also find us or our info at thelorenetwork.com alongside many other impressive lore content creators, along with a whole wide variety of uh, other types of lore and topics. So, um Go check that out and everyone involved there. And uh, also, we should be putting up a poll in about a week or so. I do believe this is our last book we had scheduled. Yes. Yeah. So we haven't picked what we want in the next poll. By so the time you're listening up. to this, there will probably be a poll. <laughs> um, you should be able to find our poll on the Discord, probably Twitter. We'll probably put it. We might put it a couple places. Now that we have officially opened the Discord. I'm not sure how that'll work for uh, combining. We might just put a Discord link maybe in Twitter for the poll, but we'll work that out. I love my Twitter polls. Don't take this away from me. Yeah, Elmas has worked hard on setting up polls in the Discord also. We could just combine the scores. I think that's what we'll do. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, yeah, find us, find the poll, look for the poll on Twitter and Discord. Um, yeah, and we're not exactly sure what the topics will be yet, but. They shall have at least some of the new lore books, I can imagine. Or not. We actually really don't know. There's some old ones, but I think we should put at least one new lore book in there. Well, Hyven thinks so, so I don't know. I don't even know what that means. We know I'm not picking out any. Really, there's four, and like two go to Elemis, and two go to Hyven, and I'm just like, I'll post it. Because I don't know any lore books. All right, and our next section is stuff you missed in Destiny. Uh, stuff so we you discuss- may have missed in Destiny. They could also be fully effing aware. It's a good point. It's stuff so, you may have missed. In stuff this. you may have missed in Destiny, or stuff you may be fully effing aware of in Destiny. Indeed, indeed you are. But if you haven't been around for the last week, we mentioned <laughs> these changes coming. 
but now they have arrived. By the time you're listening to it, it'll be another week. But last week we had update 2.6.0.1. We had some various changes to uh, subclasses, a couple weapons, I believe, and just a couple, uh, like some little quality of life and some balancing changes. Nothing crazy substantial. Uh, Also, we had a nice little quest from Eris to do the Altar of Sorrow, which is now a nice escalation protocol type event on the moon. And if you finish that first quest, it would lead you into the new dungeon, the Pit of Heresy. Uh, Fun dungeon. And in that dungeon, you can complete the Xenophage quest. And that you pick up I actually don't remember where you picked that up from because I didn't start it, but I know you finish it in the dungeon. <clears throat> um, Elmas, yeah, did I you finish remember. that one? I didn't. I don't remember where you pick it up. I was in the dungeon. I forgot to do it beforehand, so I never quite finished it. But just know, if you plan on trying to get the Xenophage, you might as well start the, start the quest before you go in the dungeon because you have to get a dungeon run in order to get it. Also, Festival of the Lost is here and will stick around till the 19th. So look forward to another week of festival. Uh, a new game type that I have not had the joy of playing because I got really distracted. Oh, it's not a joy. But Momentum Control is out. I know that it is odd for people. I don't know why I didn't get on it. not a joy. Um, Bungie specifically quoted that it is very similar to SWAT. One of my absolute favorite game types in Halo, and I can't believe I forgot about this. So hopefully, I get on there and take a little uh, Jade Rabbit and one-shot some Guardians. Well, yeah, that's why rough. it's not a joy because everyone's camping corners with their Jade Rabbit. Yeah, so Jade yeah. Rabbit, those those <laughs> things are hard-hitting things are one-shot. There's no radar. Like, look, and I'm all for other people not being able to see me on the radar, but I'm still need to see them. <laughs> So yeah, we'll I see like how dropped in <laughs> with Burger Joe and Shaxo Lantern, like just two new buds I made on PC this week and dropped in and was like, okay, why are we playing this? This is hell. Yeah, did they even tell you what you were doing until you were just like, they were like, oh my God, it. I'm so sorry. We need to explain this to her. It's a brand new type. Clearly she's not played it. So they were very nice and very helpful. Um, and, they probably uh, laughed at you a lot, which is always fun. Yeah, but then we, Shax, O'Lantern, and I started laughing at Burger Joe. It was a great time. Destiny, <laughs> always meeting some great new people. So I guess that's just early shout-outs to them. I know they joined the Discord afterwards, and I know at least Shax O'Lantern has started listening in his computer programming class to help him pass the silent time, he said. <laughs> so glad we can help him out there. <laughs> yep, yep. And finally, next week, you shall be experiencing Iron Banner. Or by when I say next week, this drops on Tuesday. So reset. Just go you out. to Iron Banner in a couple Iron hours. You listen to this right away. Chances are Iron Banner's already dropped for those Ooh. who are at work or school when the podcast drops. Iron Banner. Woo. Right, I there. really love Iron Banner. This will be my first Iron Banner on PC. Pretty pumped. Kona's on my desk right now. Shoo. <laughs> That's all I have. Oh, oh, oh. It's my turn. It's my turn. Mrs. Hive is question corner. 
So now we'll move into Mrs. Hyven's question corner. Um, you have Guys, questions. Super exciting. I have questions. Also, I'd like to point out that when we first started this podcast, I was podcasting in a corner. <clears throat> and now I'm back in a corner. My new PC setup, I'm back in a corner. We're officially back in an actual corner from Mrs. Hyven's question corner. So it's pretty exciting. I know, Kona. We're very pumped. I know. But let's try and contain that enthusiasm over there, right? Mommy's talking. Thank you. should take you. about 20% off there. <clears throat> I know. Kona really should. But I definitely shouldn't. No, because you're already at 50. No, you, you hit that 75 and then you drop. All right. All right. Well, it says so, here in the show notes, you have, have questions. So Questions. That's plural. We've got three questions tonight. Wait a All second. should be fairly. Actually, two are questions. One's more are of a these, statement. These listener Q and A style, Mrs. Hyvin's corner, or nope, is this your personal? Mrs. Hyvin's questions. These are Mrs. Hyvin's questions from Focus Fire Chat. All right, let's hear them. So, I ask this because when I listen to Focus Fire Chat in these early episodes, it doesn't always seem like there is a clear. Let me just ask a question. Do we? Always know that Rezal Azir is dredging your? No. Okay. So there was a time when we just thought Rezal Azir was like amazing, cool guardian, like pinnacle of wonderfulness. Yes. Far but we the... also knew about knew about dredging your, but we did not know that they were well, the yeah. same. As far as the timeline is concerned, we got the story of dredging your and Shin Malfur's showdown. That whole story, the Dwindler's Witch Saga first. And then later on, we got random lore about some older guardians, including one named Rezal Azir, one of the mightiest of Titans before Titans existed. And he was just kind of a, a badass. Right, because and, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The way I hear them talk, they just sound like they're talking about this guy, Rezal Azir, who's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And like you can hear that there's no like but coming. There's not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's what I, that was my understanding of what I was gathering from listening to them is that those stories kind of dropped separate. At what point do we find out that they're the same? And was it kind of like a similar realization as maybe not the same because of how hardcore Shin Malfur and Dredge and Bale's characters seem to be so opposite from each other? But I, yeah. I would think that it would have been kind of along the same lines. Uh, it wasn't a drop in the same way. Um, they slowly released Resolzir's story. And people started to connect the dots, and then we eventually got confirmation. So it wasn't like a straight in your face like Shin was. Yeah. Or, what you got, Elmas? Uh, there is one entry that I specifically start pointing to um, it when we talk about the big reveal, <laughs> and that is uh, the Grimoire card legend, Rezal Azir, the Triumphant Fall. It was introduced in Age of Triumph. So like right at the end of D one's life. That okay. was like the that was the confirmation one, right? Yes. That was pretty much straight up we knew. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So before that it was always like speculation or yeah. you know, it, these are two separate entities and nobody had any clues. Yeah. This yeah, was and, the one that tied it all together. And a couple of the reasons for that are because uh Dredgen Yor was thought of as a warlock. People didn't quite get the whole, like, classless kind of thing. And Rezal Azir is a titan. So that didn't line up for people. Um, I, always heard some... the, I always heard the argument that uh, Yor was a hunter because of a cloak. 
Oh yeah, that's maybe what I what I yeah, not warlock. Yeah, people always thought he was a hunter. I think it's just that whole gunslinger kind of thing. They didn't think he could be a titan at one point, so that didn't line up for everyone. Uh, there were these crazy theories that Jaren Ward and um, Dredgen Yor were the same person. I do recall those that their showdown was like a schizophrenic kind of conversation. You know um, what? I do remember Focus Fire talking about that. Yeah. I never quite agreed with that one, but I know a lot of people did. And uh, so there's actually a couple of little snippets in Rezl's story that can make you think um, maybe that Dredgenor and Rezl could have some connection. And it was only after the fact that you kind of see these. Um, some of the things like Rezl Azir was obsessed with bringing hope to people. Um, he was like that warrior who was there to bring hope to the masses and protect people. And then Dredgen Yor's cards also talked about how hope was a big part of his character, but for him it was he wanted to bring hope the masses just so he could basically take it away. Uh, he wanted them to realize that that hope was like a folly. So when you kind of connected to him, it almost sounded like the person who believed in so much something in their life changed that made them take what they loved so much and like kind of use that in the complete opposite kind of spectrum. I know and then we learned kind of about and I might be missing me. We know what that turning point was. Mm-hmm. He, he tried to take on some hive by himself. Okay. He went so into the was depths just before the hive. anyone else. He didn't go looking for the hive because of a different like he heard that there were event. No, no. He he was a true hero who tried, as Shin said in one of the books, who tried to take on too much by himself. And uh, he was corrupted. He was not infallible. Yep. Gotcha. Which is why Shin doesn't do it solo. It wasn't like uh, Eris's fire team where something happened and they just went, you know, to go kill Hive. Yeah. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. So just a fun kind of little antidote in episode thirty-eight. Willie starts talking about um part of the Shin story and he gets kind of disappointed because he was like oh man like I really wanted an Anakin type storyline for Shin and I just kind of find it funny just with that like I don't know that antidote and then later on too so that was one like thing where I just kind of found it funny like that story that we eventually learn and that's what I've been really enjoying about listening um listening to these because also in episode 40 when um green first guest host she actually says something about um airs having to deal with all of these nightmares now what she's meaning is airs having to deal with all these nightmares of like what she went through and like basically the ptsd of it all but just that wording and then later i think it was willie but no so then later um Justin or Willie, I, I think it might have been Justin, says something about um, either Eris or the moon being haunted, one or the other. All of this happened in episode 40 when they were talking about the Crota Fire team. And I just kind of like started chuckling at my desk at work because I was like, oh, little did they know. I mean, here they are talking about it probably three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that also yeah. shows that people who say that kind of, uh, you know, Bungie didn't have any plan for anything. When you listen back to that kind of stuff where the speculation actually, like, makes sense, it kind of just shows you that they've always made a, like, proper por- forward progression with their story. Whether or not it was because of fans, like, theories or not, I just think it's really cool when you, like, listen back to people's theories and then, like, now having things answered. It's definitely, the story of, of Destiny is linear, 
but it's just uh it's just all over the place at the same time we get little snippets here and there and it's kind yeah. of fun to puzzle the piece uh put the pieces together like a little puzzle yeah um so that was where a couple little like snippets of stuff that i found kind of interesting from what we now know listening to you know, episodes so far in the past with having all this extra future knowledge. Um, but then something I was, I was actually listening to their stream last week because it's kind of become a thing of mine to start like lulling myself to bed to the sweet, sweet sounds of focus fire chat. Um, because I just can't stay awake for the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so I've been listening to them because I just can't stay awake like long enough, but I'm like, I'm just going to listen to what I can until I pass out. So they're basically my Friday night bedtime stories. Um, but anyways, this past week, um, so not the Friday right before, cause we record on Saturday, so not this past Friday, but a week ago, they were talking about, I think almost, um, maybe potentially some emotes that we're going to drop, I think with, um, Festival of the Lost, potentially like a, a personalized tombstone sort of thing. Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. It's yes. a tombstone emote. You literally like. Does it have like your gamer tag on it though, like saying like, or is it like theirs, or it's just like you're just you you did? Yeah, I think it's just a tombstone. I haven't actually. Because they were they were speculating and hoping that it'd be like personalized, like showing who killed you. No, I think a lot of people just said that that would be like the way to, um, you know, like flex on someone in Crucible after you kill them and you walk up to their corpse and throw down the tombstone. But yeah, we did get we got a lot of stuff. You uh, most of it's in the Eververse store. Um, a lot of it's for silver. There's some bright dust, but yeah, it's uh if you if you like anything, it's definitely it's their stuff there for you. Oh, I definitely bought that broom. I uh, yeah, I think I might I might buy the broom too, especially since it'll last. That's a throwback to Destiny One, there, Mrs. Hyven. A little quest, a small little quest in the tower that we had to do, and we found a broom, and it was a sparrow, and we could ride it around. It was just funny because really I remember Sweeperbot just standing in the front of the tower going, broom, broom. Someone had stolen her broom and she couldn't sweep. And it was so sad. And then we found it and rode it like a sparrow. That's yeah. really funny. But it was, a, it was a timed sparrow, so we lost it after the, the winter months. It was sad. But now we got a new one. Cool, cool. Well, that's all I got. So if you want to go ahead and take us into the brief intro, babe. All right. Sounds good. I don't believe we have any listener Q&As this week. Um, if you do have some lore-related topics or speculation, please send those to us. We are trying to maybe compile a listener speculation episode. Um, Elemist, you got something? I was about to comment on that. We're still working on it, not ARF. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't forget, episode 50, we're compiling questions for... Um, get to know your host those can either be questions that you want to ask us that are personal or questions similar to uh the doctor's questions from last week where it was asking us about you know building our own exotic um so it can kind of be like a question about what we would want for something in destiny or a preference we have for something in destiny so it can be destiny related but it can also be personal like what's your favorite ice cream flavor it can be that basic we don't care um and it, and if we don't get questions, like we're just gonna start interviewing each other. It could be basic like that. Um, oh my god, like a pumpkin spice latte, babe. But yeah, so um. Yeah, what are if we don't have enough questions, or what are we're not? Do we know what we're doing for episode fifty? Oh, I can give us some questions yeah. to think about, babe. 
Yeah. That's right in my wheelhouse. Uh, we'll yeah, discuss that after. We'll figure that out. But please give us questions so that way I don't have to answer Mrs. Hyven's weird questions for me. You're the They're worst. Weird. I only like weird listener questions, not questions. I don't like to answer your questions. So. I like just... answering your questions. Things. Just take us to the topic so I can read my first lore <laughs> reading and then eat my tacos. Yeah, I want to eat mine too. All right, brief intro into the topic. So if you forgot, we are on Most Loyal. Uh, so this relates to the events leading up to the prison break um, in the <clears throat> reef. Uh, that whole thing that set off our Forsaken campaign. We're in there with Cave, Cade. And we're going to be covering the topic in two episodes. This is part one. And you can obtain this book in-game by uh, doing just doing stuff in the Tangled Shore when it is the Flashpoint. Um, so they're just kind of received by doing your Flashpoint on the Tangled Shore. And a, it says we have a 50% chance when doing Lost Sectors, Public Events, and Heroic Adventures. So I think that was, at one point, I think they buffed, like, so you can get all kinds of lore from various activities. But, um, yeah, if you're a collector of lore in-game, that's how you do it. Um, so we're ready to get into the topic and learn a little bit more that you didn't receive in the cutscenes about how the prison break started. All right, so I will be reading our first book. It is going to be titled Splinter of Bone. I'm also really jealous that I first read because everyone else is eating but me. All right. Deep in the heart of the prison of elders, barracks of house judgment, clutched a splinter of bone as he watched the solar system burn. <clears throat> the facility had been outfitted over the years with massive sensor grids slaved to a race spread across the reef. They gave him a detailed analysis of the red Leden's fury. The light from the monitors was, only, was the only illumination in the room as his arms flew across the controls. Relaying warnings to Petra and the Awoken, he could already see the remainder of the Awoken fleet disappearing off his scopes, into going into hiding. Relaying warnings to the city, though he could see he was far too late, their comms were gone. There was no one left to listen. Relaying warnings to his people. With the end of the houses, there were so few who would listen. But if he could save even a handful... While his hands worked, his eyes remained fixed on the screens, watching death, destruction, and horror. In his role working with the guardians of the city, he'd poured over the distress signal from the Dantalian Exodus 6. Source Green Raven had sent bursts of analysis to the tower at least a dozen times since the days of the Taken War, but he'd never expected numbers of this magnitude. With the systems of the last city offline, he had no problem dialing sensors over the wall. He'd been able to see with clarity the home of humanity with a resolution where he could make out parks and lakes and marketplaces. These same sensors let him watch, grinding the bone in his mechanical fist as people died, as the great machine was yoked, as the guardians fell. Scrambling, he alerted the crows, but something went wrong. The network had fallen dark, each and every crow offline. 
all that is, save for one. Through a garbled image, he saw a hand, an awoken hand, but it almost immediately fell to static. He wanted to care. He wanted to feel something for them. What dominated his thoughts, though, what made a ticking noise emanate deep in his voice synth, was the growing fear that the queen's plan had failed. He sat back in his chair, thinking. The prison of elders orbited far away, far enough away from the core awoken outpost, and thus far enough away from the cabal's phalanx that it might come out of this unscathed. Nonetheless, he initiated lockdown procedures, prepared for the worst. A compinged, Confirmation, Petrovenge, and the limited forces at her command evacuated what settlements they could and disappeared into the nooks and crannies of the reef. She would be unable to send help to the prison. First House Judgment, then House Fools, then Kel Marasov. Now he could feel the rest of his adopted people slipping away from him. With one of his mechanical arms, he crushed the splinter of bone to dust. This is taking place right at the very beginning of the Red War. Like the Cabal are on their way to Earth. Yeah, he even sees the Traveler get, as he said, um, what was the word, not bridled, uh, yoked, I do believe it was the word. Yeah. yeah. He was seeing everything. And he goes as far as saying that he's had surveillance there that could see, like, park benches and things, so... Yeah, and apparently they have parks and lakes and stuff in the last city. Yeah, down there with the common folks, where us guardians aren't allowed to go. Like, until it was destroyed. Stopping to realize that, it it makes it a little more real. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, as guardians, we never actually go down into the city. We are always at the tower. Um. Yeah, we were only in the city when it was in flames. Yeah. And even then, we were trying to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to comment on a couple things. Elmist already covered the time frame that this takes place. Um, number one is Source Green Raven. Um, most people won't remember. I just barely remember this. We get, He talks about Green Raven sent bursts of analysis to the tower at least a dozen times since the days of the Taken War do believe in D1, we got some lore with some transmissions from codename Green Raven. So this was finally confirmation that we got that Green Raven was Varix and that he has surveillance over the city and he passes on that information. Um, <clears throat> also the fact that the, uh, the Prison of Elders is not directly in the reef. It's far enough away from the core Awoken outpost and that he thought he would be safe. And, um, yes, and what did I want to... Oh, also the fact that he mentions that there was the growing fear that the Queen's plan had failed. So we know that Varix at least has some information about what the Queen was planning. And the reason he would think that the Queen's plan had failed is because, remember, the Queen's whole plan was that she was going to use Guardians to fuel, basically, her Ascendant Realm so that she could... You know, um, come back from the uh, the Oracle machine. What is that thing called? What are we talking about? Yeah, Oracle Engine. And um, 
you know, we charged up that through the, um, my goodness, why can't I remember events? I don't know. Through the killing of uh, Oryx. Yes, but we also, we charged it with the The blind well. Yes, with the blind well. But Mara, yes, yes. So (laughs) Mara needed guardians to kill Oryx. We did all that stuff, but she still needed guardians to continue fueling that power. And so Varric's worried that if all the guardians truly lost their light and were extinguished, that her plan would fail. So I just thought it was interesting that Varric's knew about the plan. <clears throat> um, and that it just shows a lot for him. Um, Elvis? So, it, we, in the actual reading, we mentioned Green Raven. Uh, yeah, Source Green Raven. In other cards, it's listed as Intel Source Green Raven. But um, it's listed as Intel Source Green Raven. And we don't know exactly who it is. All we know is... I think we know that it comes from someone in the reef. Is that... Well... I think people theorized that it was Varix a long time ago, but we didn't quite yeah. know. I don't remember if it said where I, the I think, was coming from. I think it is Varix, and I, the reason I say that is because of the lore tab on the Estival excursion. It says, uh, we attempted communication with Awoken allies, signals to the Queen's Wrath, the Trials Beacon, and even Intel Source Green Raven went unanswered. Yeah, I think that was what everyone thought was, we all thought it was Varix, but we didn't know. Right. It was never confirmed. There's no clear-cut, yes, it is Varix, but there's enough pointing to it. I would say that this card pretty much confirms it, though. He's only talking about himself throughout the whole card. Yeah. Uh, he talks in, about in his, in, role, his, yeah. in his role working with the Guardians of the City, he'd poured over the distress signal from the Dentalian Exodus 6. Source Green Raven had sent bursts of analysis to the tower at least a dozen times since the days of the Taken War. So yeah. yeah. And then it said, but he'd, so yeah, it never changed. It kept talking about him. It was still talking about Varric. So I think this gives us the confirmation, yeah. even though I think we were pretty sure of it. But yeah, I remember getting those transmissions, transmissions even in Taken King, which is kind of cool how they kind of had a little bit of a callback. Um, Mrs. Hyven, do you have anything on this? It's quite early, early part of the yeah, Prison of Elders. Maybe we get a little more meat on the bones of this story. Yep. And I guess if you're not familiar with D1 or much about Varix, Varix is uh, the warden How? of Actually, I do have one Prison question. of Elders. I do have one question. He so he given. seems very um, much awoken. He is a fallen. I he needed to get into that. Who lives in the reef. Because that's what's so crazy. He's talking about his mechanical hand, but he clearly seems like he's a part of the Awoken people. So he is a Vandal, um, and they have four arms, but the kill of his house ripped well, two he used to be higher. Yeah, he used to be higher than a Vandal, but... Right. He was docked again. Right. Yeah. He was docked, and it he just didn't grow his arms back. Yeah. I don't know if we're um, ever really 100% sure if if it's the process of proper docking that allows to grow back. Um, we have a lot of occurrences of docking being done violently 
with arms being pulled off. Why Varix couldn't grow his back? I don't think we really know if that was like a choice or it could be age. Could be age. That would be a good point. But yeah, he has two mechanical arms. That was what that reference is. Yes. He is an Elixney, and that quote, um, first house judgment, then house woes, then Kalmar solve. Now he could see the rest of his adopted people slipping away from him. That refers to he was a part of house judgment. House judgment fell a long time ago. Um, I think house judgment fell before they even on. Like pretty much as soon as they got to Earth, did it not? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, but House Judgment, because he of... is the last of House Judgment. Right. Yeah. Which used to be what kept all of the Fallen, or the Elixni, when they were a proud people, in order. So that house fell. Um, and then House Wolves, when Mara destroyed all the leadership from the House of Wolves. And those are the Fallen that Mara commanded. It's kind of, I guess, how he got in there. Well, he actually helped. He uh, helped in that whole thing. And then he called Marasov his Kel. So he was loyal to her. And then even calling, as you mentioned, Mrs. Hyven, the Awoken as his adopted people. So Variks really was definitely uh, part of the Awoken. He, read, he, he thought of Marasov as his queen also, or his Kel, and that the Awoken were also his people. So keep that in mind. Just like Elemis. Barracks, my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on? Yeah. Do I'll it. be covering the next card. Less is more. Varric's watched Petra's Corsairs march their latest prize into the cell block. A gaggle of ether-starved dregs bearing the mark of the scorned barons. Nearby, Petra drummed her fingers along the hilt of her knife. Her eyes glinted with envy. She held onto this prison as if it was the last thing she could control. Perhaps it was. Between the scattered remnants of the Red Legion and the scorned barons running rampant through the reef, the Awoken had little left to call their own. There was little left of the Awoken. Varric sighed. Only a true Kel understood that survival was not a game of waiting. And Petravenge, for all her military prowess, was no Kel. In a world without Kells, dreg strength will breed nothing but chaos. Varix whispered to himself the old rain proverb, wishing for the return of the decisive days of his queen, his Kel. What did you say? Petra asked without looking at him. Chaos, he replied. These drags breed chaos. Petra scoffed. They're fallen. And where there's fallen, there will inevitably be guardians. She turned on her heel and walked away. I leave you to your judgment, Varix. Locate the hole in which these scorned barons cower. She stopped, turned back to him. Might want to up your rations. You're looking a bit gaunt she smiled patted him on the back and continued on her way he watched her go if his anatomy allowed it he would have smiled in kind hers was a heart always in the right place even if the outcome of her decisions was less than ideal 
She did not, however, fully appreciate the threat these scorned barons posed. He had tried to warn her when they were just seven dregs and a heretical archon. Now their terror was spreading throughout the reef, with more and more fallen answering the baron's anarchist call. She was right about one thing, though. He could stand to increase his intake. The thought of it made Varix thirsty for the flow. Like all of his kind, since the appearance of the Red Legion, he had been forced to ration his intake. He'd never felt so weak, so close to death. But he would survive, as he always had. Varix knew the time would inevitably come when he would have to survive on his own. All right, so to start off, based off of Mrs. Hyven's confusion and some of her looks, uh, the whole reference to Varix needing more intake and being skinny and all that stuff, uh, remember Elixney literally get their life force, which we would use as food. We don't know exactly what shape it comes from, but from ether. I remember the servitors make ether. They relied on it when the traveler came to them, and when it left, they lost that ether. So ether is unfortunately in like low supply, um, more so at that time. So basically, he was rationing his food source. <laughs> okay. Because thirsty for the flow really had me confused. I also got to be honest, when I think of the flow, I think of <laughs> flow. So my brain went to a really weird place. Yes, and, and it's not necessarily like food. It's almost like the Cabal have special air they have to breathe in, or they got their oil <laughs> that keeps their pressure right. It He does wear like a rebreather kind of thing. Varix always has on, so um, that could be how he gets his ether. But yeah, that would maybe explain why it sounds like a flow of liquid or air. Um, so yeah, so this takes place basically right before the events of Forsaken. <clears throat> the Scorn Barons are being rounded up for the first time. We know that Cade had some stories about aiding in their original lockup. And, um, yeah, basically Varric's comments on how when there's no Kel around, basically the lowly dregs and other fallen will just kind of run amok and turn into some craziness. Well... The one thing I wanted to point out, at this point, there's seven dregs and the Archon. So, like, the numbers are there. The Scorned Barons are all already a group. The numbers for what? There are eight Scorned Barons. Um, they're the ones I... that we went around and killed in retaliation for... Cade's death? Kate's death. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're saying the numbers of like what we encountered are there. Correct. Yeah, in other words, all Scorn Baron were in this prison. They were all captured once before they all got out and we killed them again. Gotcha. I was just trying to confirm the end game implications that you were discussing. Yeah. Seven yeah. dregs, one Archon. That makes eight. We killed eight Barons. And that's what his mention, that old rain proverb, comes from House Rain, another uh, Elixney house. And as Elemis just said, they were just dregs. So he basically called, we have the term dreg strength multiple times. Sometimes in a positive light, um, that you can kind of pick yourself up by your bootstraps. 
this is kind of without um, any type of proper leadership. Drag strength turns into just kind of fighting for power and, you know, forming these little groups. And you have an organization like the Scorned Barons kind of coming up into power and causing so much chaos. As he says, these dregs breed chaos. So, and then we also see the relationship for Bar- uh, from B- not Bar- Petra, and Varix is a, definitely a very kind one. She smiles at him, tells him he needs to up his rations. He's looking a little, a little skinny, a little sickly, and he even goes as far as he he pull, you know he appreciates this. If his anatomy would allow it, he would have smiled in kind. So apparently, Lixney can't smile. Um, but yeah, yeah that was even though. Yeah, he comments on basically her her heart is in the right place. And so we see that Varix acknowledges that Petra might not be the best leader, but she at least is genuine. Um she's got heart. Yeah, she's got heart. And we're we're gonna kinda see the progression of Varix is somebody who believes in hierarchy. He believes in a proper leader. Saw the very beginning he didn't have one. He had lost his Kel, who had was uh, Mara at this point. And then here he's gotten basically tired of um, Petra kind of holding down the fort. He needs true power. He's seen the Elixni kind of fall into chaos. So they need a standing figure to unite them. So just keep in mind, this this whole card is um, about the prison break, but it's also about the kind of the transformation and s- growth, if you want to say it, say that of Varix. The one thing I want to point out as I was reading it, there's a passage in here that I almost <laughs> read in like that movie trailer voice. You kind of did, actually. <laughs> in a world without In a world Kells. without Kells. Drake <laughs> strength will breed nothing but chaos. <laughs> yeah, you like started it there and then like reeled it in. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I started it and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I was amused. All right, should I move on? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, if you want right. to. Sure, why not? All right, our next card is roll call. Just make sure I'm on the right card. Yes, roll call. After the Taken War, the scorned barons banded together in a time of weakness to become strong. To prey on anyone and anything that practiced the old Elixni ways. They began with the one thing their people needed to survive. Ether. In a way, the barons had become heads of a new house. Priests in their own rights. And arbiters of their own trials. The terror they unleashed had almost grown as powerful as any Kel. These heathens were not Elixni. They were more fallen than any of their brethren. They were everything judgment had sought to purge before the whirlwind. And now, they sat rotting deep in the prison of elders. Cade and his six had done good by their word. Varric's staff tapped lightly on the floor plates and chuckling noises omitted from his throat. He hobbled past their cells as the servitors home to life. Beating time. He saw hatred in every cell he passed. Bathed in the light of flowing ether, their eyes carved at his flesh. Saw him docked a thousand times more. Yavix, the rider, 
the untamed. She and her crew spread terror and disease with their noxious pikes. Lycris, the machinist. She used stolen cabal telemetry and gravity traps to sabotage vessels, relieve them of their cargo, and haul the hulks back to their own shipyards' chop shops. Pirha, the blind, the ghost of Hellrise Cavern, haunted the Baron's territory with phantom decoys and ended all trespassers from the shadows. Rexus Vaughn, the godslayer, the hangman. He had secreted away the ether stores of his victims and driven the barons and their followers into a frenzy with that tainted feast. Araxes, the wit, the traitor, the trickster, a mastermind, a liar, thief, and backstabber. Canix, two-finger, the mad bomber. The dangers of the reef had multiplied a hundredfold with his mines hidden on every rock and dusty corner of the belt. And the most disgusting of them all, Hyrax, the Mindbender. This one found in the hive a way to infect the minds of Elixni. Only one was missing. Fickrel, the heretic, the fanatic. One Varix once dared to call friend, back when the Archon tended to Calix Primes. Before his betrayal, he hoped the fanatic was dead. He had assured him that he was. And what was Cade Six if not reliable? Laughing, burbling to himself, Beric shut off the lights in the hallway, and the barons were plunged once again into darkness. So we get an actually pretty good description of each of the barons here. Um, and we get each of their actual Elixni names and each of the names that we know them by. And it's a quick overview, because I do believe the book on the Tangled Shore has an in-depth card on each of them. Yes. This is like a great kind of uh, concise way to remember who everyone is. Yeah, definitely. And it, it states pretty plainly now, we do see kind of why Varix is starving and what their goal is, and it is to basically destroy the Elixni of old. And what's the best way to do that than destroy what basically gives them all life? So their goal is to just get rid of Aether, um, which is pretty horrible. You're basically killing your people by starving them to death. Um, we know that the Scorn Barons don't need Aether, or at least they take Aether and they um, corrupt it. They corrupted, yeah. Um, so they're able to just kind of, just kind of just destroy everything that's holding the Elixni together at this point, which is why they were so dangerous and why, as we see, Cade and his six were basically hired to clean them up. Now, two final comments from me. One, um, and I'm gonna read this line verbatim. And the most disgusting of them all, Hyrax, the mindbender, the one found in the hive, a way to infect the minds of the Elixni. Because he, like, dove so far into the hive magics that he essentially was, like, a hive, or a fallen version of hive, he was considered disgusting. I mean, he got 
almost full on ascendant level after the death of Cade. Oh, he Cade was he, ascendant level. He was ma- able to make himself a throne world. So I don't think Varric's really is very keen on the hive, and I can't imagine that seeing one of his people basically turn into one is a very uh, exactly thing to happen. But yeah, and I then, love that that is what he thought was the most disgusting. Not like Fickrell, who's raising people as scorn. Well, at this point, he's not. Yeah, not yet. He's well, not raising them. Yeah, exactly. But that's true. Or at least not that we know of. Um, Fickrell once was <clears throat> a friend of Eric's. He's not at this point, because um, based on events, we can probably say that basically right at... The time of his death is when, um, you know, Aldrin was there, and that basically corruption in him was what tainted the ether and kind of brought him back to life. And it would make sense. That is why Cade assured him that Fickrell was dead, because he probably did kill him, and it was uh, Aldrin who kind of brought him back, and that's why we see him causing chaos before. So you're right. At this point, the Scorn Barons were nothing more than scorned in the sense that they were kind of cast off or um, in a negative light. They weren't the scorn that we know at this time where Fickrell could full-on corrupt Aether and bring them back to life. Right. Or at least we don't have any of that confirmed. Yeah. We don't, can't, conf- can't confirm the timeline completely, but that's what it seems to be. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to add to this. Just that... uh. He's going through the prison, it's feeding time, and everyone hates him in there. All right, Mrs. Hyven, are you ready to read the next card? I'll give it a shot. I'm upset all of a sudden. But we can give it a shot. All right, so I'm going to be reading Job Undone. In the Prison of Elders Security Hub, Varix brooded. When the Great Machine woke, He had been sure he felt something deep within him stir. He had hoped it would give him answers, power, anything. All it did was remind him of how far he had fallen. He slammed a fist on his console, watching the denizens of the prison claw at their cell walls. No, not nothing. Worse than nothing. Now he had doubt. His goal had always ever been a simple one. The banner of house judgment, the calling to which he had been born, keep his people together. With the light now streaming across the system and nothing to show for it, no queen, no heiress or Osiris, and no sign the great machine remembered the elixir, what was there to look forward to? Base survival. One day after the other, living just because he still drew breath. And where was the dreg strength in that? What was the... Ferrix? Petra burst through the comms. A Legion harvester has been intercepted at bearing 189. Capture teams are inbound. Survivors for the arena prepare to receive. Petra Benj was all that was left for him here. And despite himself, he nodded at the sound of her voice. He had but one ally left, after all. <clears throat> he keyed the comms. Yes, yes, yes. Bay 41, bring them in. We'll meet team. We'll make room for new guests. 
His voice since blurbled. Needed tuning. Copy that. She was gone. He picked up his staff from where it leaned against the wall and began the long walk to the bay, mulling his options, his information, his secrets. Secrets had protected the House of Judgment. The more knowledge one could obfuscate, the more significant one became. Secrets bred possibility. Secrets bred sway. But judgment, true judgment, required hierarchy. Elixney hierarchy died with the fall of the houses. The guardians had picked them apart, kel by kel, prime by prime. Now there was all but nothing left of his culture. Only pirates and scavengers and lone wolves like the days before the Edge Wars. No trust, no honor, no way to be necessary. Yet one final hope among the Elixney still thrived. Craft, Kell of Kings. The kings understood judgment, for together they ended the Edge Wars in their people's golden age. Craft, his last hope to see his dreams of United Elixney made manifest. He must make contact. And so he hired a bounty hunter named Grox to find Craft and remind them of their need for one another. Grox is emblematic of all the Ver- all that Varix despises in his people. Gluttonous, proud, and in it only for himself. When they spoke, Grox made Varix pay with a litany of insults. Varix the slip, Varix the beggar, Varix the cowmaker. But it was all for show. Grox would work. And it came for a mere four bales of etheric helix and a promise to keep him free of the prison of elders. The deal struck. Grox burst out in hysterical laughter. Ha! Consider job done, slip. Grox spoke in a low form of elixny, the only reason Varric's employed him. You have grown desperate with your kel gone. Have you not heard? Varric sighed. King Kell is gone, Kellmaker. Dead at the hands of that insane archon, fickerel, and some awoken vagabond he calls father. What remains of the king's huddles now in the dead zone of earth, under the shadow of the great machine's shard. I expect my four bales in. Barracks killed the feed. The last link in the great elixir chain was broken. If there were any who called themselves Kel out there, they would not know Varric's judgment or the laws that govern the houses. The scattered children of the whirlwind were dead. But <clears throat> Fickerel survived Cade and his six. Grox was a lot of things, but he was not a liar. If Fickerel was alive and strong enough to kill Kraft, And who was this awoken vagabond of which Grox spoke? His mind reeled. So long as Fickerel lived, the reef was not safe. He scrambled through his comm channels, searching for the right connections. Master Cade, Varex requests to meet you regarding your deal with Petra. A job undone. So, a lot to unpack here. Um... Varric's found out that Fickrel is still alive, which 
honestly, it, like, if we were to have read this before Forsaken, we would have been like, either A, Cade was mistaken, B, Cade lied, or C, he's like freaking Tanix and just comes Space back to magic. life somehow. <laughs> yeah. But ding, ding, having, ding. C was the final answer. <clears throat> right. Having actually played Forsaken, we know that he can come back to life because of Dark Ether. A little bit of high venom kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And we see a little bit of his relationship with the, well, as he says, basically everything he hates about the Fallen with uh, Grox here. And I love that he says the only reason he still talks to him is he still speaks in a form, in a low form of Elixney. So the fact that he still knows a little bit of the original language. Uh, Varix is kind of like that old school nobility. Um, not that he's necessarily as high and mighty, but he believes in a time where things were organized. They were in their heyday. And he wants to try to unite that. So we see his despair because basically the only people alive from the original um, <clears throat> pre-whirlwind whirlwind or pre-collapse for the Fallen, the Elixir before the Traveler left to them, were basically just himself from House Judgment. Um, King of Kells, who he said was um, there to help make deals from the very beginning um, at, for the Edge Wars. And, um, well, Fickrel. And so now Fickrel is back to life somehow and has killed the King of Kells, who was kind of his last hope. Now, once again, we see this progression. He is kind of getting desperate. He went from... We need our queen back to our people are hopeless to now he, at this point he's kind of just spiteful. He's like the traveler came back. We didn't see anything. You know, the guardians are running around just fine. And the with the elixir, it's like we never we never even happened. Nobody's there to keep us together. And so Varix takes it upon himself to try to find a new Kel. And of course he goes for the best bet, the Kel of Kings, who is dead. So he's kind of at a standstill for kind of his plan at this point but really curious and we see he calls Cade back and basically tells him he uh wants to talk to him about some work that didn't get finished we can imagine how we get roped in now yeah anything to add sick puppy he looks you have such sad puppy dog eyes over there you You really do what you doing you okay over there i'm just eating my popsicle you look like somebody <laughs> kicked your puppy. You're the puppy, so like you got kicked and you're just hiding in the corner. <laughs> kicked in my belly and it hurts. Okay. Um, I like that they mentioned that these people are nothing more than just kind of like pirates now, because that's what the card before this made me think of. I also have pirates on the brain because of that podcast we listened to this morning, but it kind of feels like it fits in line with a lot of what we listened to this morning about pirates. And, I mean, um, yeah, kind of. What and the it basically are. was talking about like even in the podcast this morning, it was talking about like pirates in Somalia and um, how you know like just with no government, like that's kind of like what took over. And it's funny because like that's what they're saying here with no one in charge. That's what the fallen kind of turned to yeah and it's almost it's crazy enough that we call them the fallen but we know that originally the elixir they're almost like two different groups um even varix himself calls 
the fallen, those Elixni who are kind of so far gone, they've fallen from grace or they've fallen from their stature. So he's almost getting into the fact that the Elixni as a people are kind of gone and all they are are these fallen pirates and scavengers. Uh, there's one entry in here that I, I actually I kind of like and I kind of hate at the same time. Um, when they spoke, Grox made Varix pay with a litany of insults. Varix the slip. Varix the beggar. Varix the kelmaker. Like, essentially, that's what Varix is trying to do, is create order. Like, he's trying to find a kel, or a fallen who is strong enough to become a kel, in order to create that structure for his people. And I think that also the negative aspect of that remark for Varix was more of the fact that uh, he made Mara a kel with his information in getting Skolas captured. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So I was thinking it was more not what he was doing now to make a kill, but more of a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a traitor insult, you know? Yeah. Kind of what I, that's how I read it. But yeah, no, he, he really, but even then, the only reason he gave up was because he saw how horrible Skolas was, and he wanted his people to not be murdered and massacred by Mara's fleet, or Skolas's stupidity. Yeah. He's always looking out for his people, honestly. That is that is Varric's character. Just wants his people to survive. Yeah. It's refreshing, though, because he's not just a pirate. Those are the ones we're fighting all the time. You know, he's not trying to just steal things. He just wants to live happily, which is why he gets along in the reef and why he's given so much free reign and, and power and things. So uh, he's, a, he's a good elixir, one of the, the few we still have left. <clears throat> And we know he's one of the ones who's, well, I don't know if it's qu- not quite spoiling it, but from our stolen intelligence, he's one of the few in a short list of uh, Elixni who can hopefully unite the houses someday. Yep. And on that note, I'm going to continue on with some kind of luck. Varric's hid beneath a bannerless cloak as he descended into Spider's Lair to wear the Judgment Sigil in the Tangled Shore would be to invite death. Even with the spider's blessing to pass, he would have been picked clean and docked two times over. The hedonistic sounds of spider's palace scraped against him. Shouts of victory and defeat reminded Varix of the worst of the elixir. His people's inherent need for superiority reduced to gambling for trinkets and gems. Varric searched the crowd, hunched down low. Just another vandal. In the corner, the unmistakable crowd that surrounded the hunter vanguard when he was outside the city. He worked his way through the onlookers to take up position alongside Cade. The hunter noticed him, he was sure, but said nothing. Varric, for his part, was silent watched as he lost a few thousand glimmer and a sidearm to one of the spider's bodyguards. Cade spun a knife in his right hand and sighed dramatically. If we're going to talk, you're going to buy me a drink. They found a quiet place at the end of the room. Cade settled back in the booth, waiting. You do great service to Reef, yes? Varix worked hard to keep his very recognizable voice down. It would be a shame 
for his vocal synth to malfunction and blare out across the room now. Capture Barons. Criminals. For Awoken. For Petra. Cade took a belt and set the glass down on the table. Empty. Something hard around his eyes. Amazing how expressive Exos could be. Get to the point, Varix. Fickrel, the last scorned baron. He lives. Cade's horn cut an arc through the air as he shook his head. Twice. Definitive. Trust me, he's dead. Put a hot one right through here. He poked Varix right in the center of his chest. Seen on Earth. I have knowledge. I have information. You know Elixni have ways. Like Mithrax? Like Tanix? The warden realized his error as soon as the name was out of his mouth. Don't you ever mention the name Tanix around me. Got it? Not unless you want to lose your last two real arms. We're done. Get. Your bad luck. The hunter stood, made to leave. Varix reached out and grabbed the vanguard by the arm with one of his mechanical hands. I am sorry. I spoke poorly. Please, listen. Cage shrugged off the arm and stood, towering over the fallen for once. Varix sat up straighter in the booth. Take me to Zavala. The Titan Vanguard's name was a punctuated, flowing stutter in his mouth. I have information. He will like what I say. You for bringing me to him. Cade blinked. You want me to take you to the city? No way, Bug. Not in a million. With a thud, Varix dropped the hand cannon he'd been hiding in his cloak on the table. A dull brown bristles out the top. Ether tech trigger and muzzle assembly. Cade's eyebrows went up in surprise. A gift of trust. Memento of the Reef. Upgraded, yes. Very deadly. The hunter vanguard tried to hide his excitement. Is, uh, is that the last one? I haven't seen one of those in one of the last. Not many left. Varix's voice was even, calm. Cade snatched the weapon from the table, checked the sights, spun it in his hand for a moment, feeling the weight. Grunted, satisfied, nodded. Like I said, bad luck. Come on, you can ride with me. You got a fun one here. Oh, uh, I Varic. did. <laughs> yeah, he did a fine job too, man. Um, yeah, Varix basically uh, cloaks himself and goes to find Kate, who happens to be on the Tangled Shore. Um, and they get to talking. Basically, uh, this is him. Confronting Cade and saying that, hey, you didn't kill Fickrel like you thought you did. And, of course, he makes the mistake of saying, you know, Fallen don't always die. We got Mithrax or Tanix. And, yeah, that's clearly not a good thing to say because Tanix has been right. such a thorn in the side. And it and really just kind of almost mentally breaking for for Cade. So, he doesn't go off on people very much, but he goes off on Varix and just tells him to get out. He's bad luck. But, of course, Cade can be bribed. Apparently, he offered him a like limited edition 
one of the few last of a certain hand cannon for him. Yeah. Enough that he was just ready to go. So, I mean, this one's fairly self-explanatory, I do believe. It's just kind of a conversation between them um, and Varric's wanting Cade's assistance and, um, I guess, either figuring out what happened to Fickrell or taking him down for the last time. I didn't have anything. Yeah, I don't have anything either. It, it's very short, simple, to the, to the point. No hidden meaning or anything. The only thing I was going to mention is it's happened a couple times. Varric's voice is very odd, and he talks about gurgling and stuff in his vocal synth. Uh, the thing on his face I mentioned could be like a rebreather, but we definitely we don't know necessarily what how ether might be consumed. But we do know is he's got a voice modulator, which is how uh, he talks to us. So that's if, you, if you're not familiar with Varric's, that's why his voice is kind of odd, and why at certain times he talks about needing to kind of recalibrate his voice synth. So. That thing over his mouth is his his voice modulator and how he's able to talk to us. So I just thought it was interesting because it talked about at some point in here, you know, his voice being unique and his vocal synth malfunctioning. So I just thought that maybe people might not know that, but that's Varric's and Elemis did a fine job in impersonating the voice. I did, yes. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Then I shall move us on to overestimation. Varix had never seen the Vanguard commander in person before. The images he'd seen were either candid shots from agents or images from co-opted surveillance that didn't reveal the man's true stature. Most of Zavala's bulk, he realized, was the armor. It was a lean man in reality. Taut muscle and sinew. But as Varric stood before him, he realized Zavala's poise and confidence, along with his light, controlled the space around him. Lent him an air of authority Varric had not felt since standing in the presence of Mara Sov herself. Even Cade, of all people, seemed somehow different in the orbit of this man. Fascinating. Behind the light and the poise, Varys could see where the great Zavala's strength ended and anxiety began. That was where Varix needed to meet him and prove his worth. Vanguard Commander Zavala. Varix dropped his knees and extended his hands, palm up on the ground, sure to keep eye contact. A judgment gesture meant to acknowledge that a dominant force was present. Kid snickered behind him but said nothing. Varix came to offer assistance to help the vanguard, the guardians who have helped the reef. Zavala stared Varix down. The judgment scribe saw more in that moment. Fortitude, intensity, desperation. On your feet, Varix. Zavala was quite used to giving commands and having them followed. Varix did as he was commanded. What do you want? A future for the reef. Zavala's eyes were searching. Varix croaked and continued. Reefborn are close to zoom, doom. Zavala, the Awoken. Fallen. Taken. Red Legion. All carve at the reef. All claim its flesh. I made my offer to Petra after the war. His voice was gruff, 
but not uncaring. She made her choice. Are you saying something has changed? I say this, Commander, Varric's burbled, and I have so much more to say to a true leader such as you. So if I'm reading this correctly, is he trying to make Zavala the next Kelno? Mm, not necessarily. He's just looking for someone I, to imitation Kel. He's looking for a leader to help in his cause. An I organizer. See it more of just like he's looking to Zavala to get guardians on the Tangled Shore for stability. Well, I mean, also, like, when you think about how much, like, the Reefborn Awakens have helped intercept um, other issues for the Guardians, like, I don't think it's completely out of the realm. Like, I don't think it's, like, completely out of left field for him to be asking something like that. Um, I don't think that he's asking Zavala, though, because he's an Awoken. He's not trying to make him Kel. He's asking him because he is the um, Vanguard leader. The Vanguard yeah, commander, I mean, can, and he's the one who decides like, if Guardians are going to be sent. Like, knew he was going in to see this, like, big, bulky guy. And Varys is almost kind of taken back at, like, how much smaller he actually was. Like, you can tell, like, Varys had a picture of, like, this big, bad Zavala in his mind going into this. Well, he comments on how he's smaller than he thought, but he was just as powerful in his presence as he thought he would be. He compared him even to being in the presence of Mara. That was the last person he'd been around who gave such a an air about them. Yeah. Um, that air of authority. And I know we discussed, uh, we read the card where they had the option or where... Where the Awoken Zavala, had the option to just leave or... Yeah, where Zavala gave them, <clears throat> like, gave Petra that option. What he said after the war, and I cannot for the life remember which war. Taken war. The taken war after losing Mara, he basically offered that all the awoken come and take refuge in the city. Yeah, I I re- I recalled because he wasn't willing to send guardians to them at that time. He didn't want to spread his forces too thin. Yeah. Although sense. I am wondering, are they actually referring to the Red War? think so that was i believe we read in a card though where he specifically yeah, said it specific... we read it in a lore card they were just kind of in chaos well it was it might have been they might have been referring to the taken war specifically i think it was just all of the wars in general that ever since mara died things have just kind of been going downhill and they've also been fighting um cabal ever since the red war happened so um that's kind of, I think, I think that's what it's referring to. But, you know, it could be like the Taken War, too. But this, that question was made recently. Well, not question, that offer. The offer to Petra. Yeah. All right. You guys go moving on to the next one? Anything else? Yeah. I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to be reading our last card for part one. So just remember, Elemis likes to leave these with a cliffhanger. So when we get to oh, the end didn't. of this. He didn't write you're these. You're upset. No, but he chooses the break. What? <laughs> and even in the middle. No, you hear that evil laugh. He chose this break. Um, what? So he usually has like an option between a couple cars. About it, you can add Alamist. Anyways, this card, like I said, our last card for part one, is titled Unknown Space. 
<clears throat> the light seemed to dance in blue over the horizon of unknown space, but all else was black. Tendrils seemed to grow with the light. Where they were reaching from or stretching toward, he could not comprehend. Fear gripped Varix's mind. The paths before him were vast, uncertain, and for the first time in his life, he could sense judgment turned inward. Your will must remain your own, he told himself. You are the last elixni of house judgment. The destiny of your people is in your hands. You will save them. You will stand for the fallen. You walk among them because you have failed. The voice soft and yet so strong echoed around him in the space, through him like he was a string on an instrument. I walk among the children of earth and the blessed of the great machine the one they call Traveler, because they have been chosen. For you, the great machine, is a dark mirror. Beric felt cold, unlike he had ever known. Unbidden memories rushed past him. All he could do was hang on as the last days of the Elixni played out in his mind. He and his fellow scribes, passing judgment, and their soft furred robes. Then the whirlwind, the elders torn apart, the pillaging of the house, Varix kneeling before a window, staring up at the great machine, watching it vanish. The long journey in the darkness, his flight to run with the wolves, his pleas to Skolas, the Packed with Fickerel to serve Callus Prime and secret it away. The Prime vanishing and again Fickerel. Huh. That says sever. Thank you. The Pact with Fickerel to sever Calyx's. Thank you. That makes more sense. <clears throat> I read that again. His flight to run with the wolves. His pleas to Skolas. The Pact with Fickerel to sever Callus Prime and secreted away. The prime vanishing, and again, Fickrel, on the horizon, preparing to give the fallen what they so rightfully deserve. There is only one path left for you here, in a place where everything dies and begins anew. With that, a new power burned, affording him the strength to rise again Judgment cast. The screaming pulse of the prison alarm stirred Varus awake. On the comms, he heard Petra's voice. Cade had returned. Da, da, da. Um. <clears throat> so, the one thing that I, I want to point out, um, and Miss Hyven probably didn't catch this. Don't tell me what I did and didn't catch. Probably. We'll find out in a second. So, the card is actually referencing a realm of the nine. Well, yeah. You. Uh, I didn't catch that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So unknown space. Whenever we now go... this like speaking to himself feels even creepier. Well, so he's not even talking to himself. He's hearing a voice from one of the nine. All that. So all right, I'm walk... about to just desk flip and walk out. Okay, yeah, I'm done will... here. All of the the bolded text. You have so, walked among it's them. It's not that bolded. Stuff. It's capitalized. Get your terms right. Well, it's also larger and bolded, I do believe. It's just Maybe it's capitalized. It's, yeah, it's just capitals. God dang it. Here, this is bolded. And this is not the same thing on Google as it is on Word. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so the lines... You walk among them because you have failed. For you, the great machine is a dark mirror. Those two lines are capitalized. Um, it's just a single one of the nine talking to Varix. There's one yeah. more at the end. There's only yeah. one path left for you here in a place where everything dies and brings anew. This is unacceptable. Also, when I read that a new power burned, I'm not even going to lie, because I had to pause because of that comma. It felt really weird, and, like, for a second there, my brain was like, he's got herpes! Or, like, crabs. <laughs> All right, 20%. <sighs> this is my heavy sigh. Everybody Elmist, take shots. Take shot. Shot, shot, what shot, were you, shot, shot. What were you trying to comment on, Elmist? Oh, I was just making the point that one of the nine has reached out to Varix. Also, so, can... We touch on like him talking about when the traveler ran away. Like, what did that look like? Was it just like it was here and then it was gone, or did he just see like it slowly floating away? Well, it literally ran. Um, we don't really know what if it was like us, where some type of darkness came, but it basically just kind of like pieced Up out. And left. Imagine it like a ship. And, it just kind of. And we don't know what kind of left. speed. And we don't know how fast that thing moves. Crazy. But. I also like that in their golden age, they were just like, we were chilling, passing judgment, wearing our furred robes. <laughs> yes, he did. He basically was the uh, judicial. He was part of the judicial branch. He was house judgment. And like you said, they had soft, furry robes. It was kind of like their black, long black robes. Um, and I just, yeah, just picture right, him like... So I, I'm like assuming it was just style. like fur on the top, but like when you talk about like those yeah, long black robes and then talk about like fur, it makes me think more of that like 20 eras long fur coat. They're just all walking around in it, hoping it's not going to be a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was getting at with the nine was the fact that. <laughs> Before I cut you off. With my 20%. Right. Uh, what I was getting at was the fact that because one of them reached out to Varix, like, because of this entry alone is the reason why there's there's some arguments about um, one of the the emissary's lines about a blade, blade sharpened anew. Some people have argued that it's Varix. That is being referenced because oh, I do like that one. He had his will right. had dulled. I actually like that one. Ooh. Well, and like looking at his social status, like everyone ignores him, and as we'll see next week, he starts picking himself up. Now I need to go back because that is the card Maria mentions 
only three have transcended their design. Re- yes. Referring to Drifter and the other two. And that would actually kind well, of no. be And perfect. Drifter made the fourth. I thought Drifter made... What were the other ones? It was a uh, Blade Charmed Anew and a because in Hourglass, referring to time. Those were the two that were mentioned. And I think the other one was... You're right. The other one was Mara, but there were those two that were... Uh, yeah, other than the Drifter. And one referred to the blade sharpened anew. I like that though. Um, transcending his own no, design. Oh, you're right. It was three. Only two others have transcended their design. The first, an hourglass counting down with infinite patience. The second, a forgotten blade sharpened anew. And that's, then, drifter. Yeah, that's why I thought that first one we I talked about kind of being like Mara, just kind of as an awoken, having so much time. Because she can live so long and being so patient. But I really like how Varix could be that other one. Because it's so perfect. He really has transcended his design. I mean, he was a Lixney who became Fallen. Who then possibly came back to his original, like, state. I I actually like... That's probably my new favorite theory. I never quite was down for, like, the Quoria. Just because the word Blade was in the name. That just didn't... Wasn't for me. Right. I like it. That's good. And, you know, you could really just completely miss this conversation it really does look like he's talking to himself and then all of a sudden he's like i gotta do this but no he's like kind of in the dark getting well, and, a pep and, talk and the one thing that really points it out to me is the voice soft and yet so strong echoed around him in the space through him like he was a <clears throat> string on an instrument yep those nine getting their fingers and everything yep or those one. Yeah, man, that's that's craziness. Um, yeah, we talked and about it's, his it's, growth it's, and change. And this is funny because, like, we don't even realize some of the stuff that came out later on until we start diving into some of the older bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. We find, so this is basically just all the backstory to the actual, like, prison break. And the backstory, basically, the prison break, you know, kind of leads to the warden of the prison. So... This is really a story about Varix, and we've seen his progression, and it was like he was right there on the edge, just knowing that the Elixir needed mm. something, and then it was like, just like the Nine, how they want to see how things play out, and they let Gaul through, they kind of just are pushing Varix just a little bit, so that he, his, uh, his desire fuels back up. He is a blade sharpened anew, and... As he says with that, a new power burn afforded him the strength to rise again. And it doesn't even finish this sentence. It's just judgment cast. And he does we don't get to we don't get to see it, but it's like he knows he's the last one and he has to rebuild the Elixni all by himself. Now here's the thought. So yeah. we have here one of the nine talking to Varix. Um it seems to whole, be the whole gall thing. Was that just one? one no, that was... They talked about how that was the uh, the other faction. I believe it was a four versus five. Um, I thought it was just a single one. Because You might actually be right for the... Well, they did say they were split, four and five, but you might be right. I think they did say one individual was punished for... It, it's in... um, It's in... Not at I'm pulling it up now. It's in dust. That's a good point. Though this could be the same one, just getting involved well, in everything. 
Well, so so what I'm thinking is, if we have on record that one of the nine reached out to Varix, one of the nine caused the whole thing with Gaul, maybe they're all doing, like, one-offs. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is, we know that that, that one was kind of, got, one got in trouble for doing that. So, and we know that the nine are not completely um, unanimous in what they think. They might have the same end goal, but the way they do it. So, um, we've heard conversations where I think when they talk to like Oren, they even say like count the voices, and it's not all nine of them, and various things like that. Um, so we kind of have gotten the sense that there is a schism in the nine, as far as what they're. Um, they don't all. They're not all like in justifies the means. They have different plans. We'll continue this conversation in the Discord, actually. So we'll kind of end it there on nine conversation. On the conversation of the nine, we don't exactly have a. We might be able to find exactly what points we might be looking for at this point, but let's not go down the rabbit hole of the nine. We can save that yeah. for a little bit of discourse discussion. I know uh, we already have a little bit of a topic about how the nine are linked to the Hive, and this is just another example of how the Nine link themselves to everything. So uh, feel free to have a little bit more conversation on the Nine in the Discord. Uh, So that concludes the reading for Part 1. Tune in next week for Part 2 to conclude the story. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. To end the show, then, um, we'll go ahead and... uh, have our shout-outs. Uh, Elemis, would you like to start us off? Ishtar Collective, as always. Uh, Orchid, as always. <laughs> and uh, I want to shout-out all the listeners who have reached out. And, like, the podcast wouldn't be possible without you guys. I mean, we would still be doing this. Because we're having fun. But the growth that we've had would not be possible without you guys. I mean, just last week we were at 6,100, a little over 6,100 listens. We are currently sitting over 6,400. Yeah, we've grown a lot there, it seems. Pretty crazy to think about. And actually, that brings me to my last shout-out. I'm shouting out both my co-hosts because they put up with all my wackiness and... and (laughs) crazy theories and jokes and and like i seriously i love you guys you guys are like family to me well you love put you up too, with a man. lot from us too <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that's uh, yeah you put up a, you put up with a lot from mrs hyven and i, I apologize <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm here for you Love you too, babe. We all love each other. That's what makes us such a great community. Hey, it's it's not putting up with Mrs. Hyven. Right. I have yeah. been honored by her you guys, presence. Right? Like I am blessing you and gracing you with my <laughs> wow, amazing that's... being. You just she was been she's been asleep this whole time, guys, and she just sprung up just to like talk about how fabulous she was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fun. Well, she's the crowd favorite. She is. Yeah. She's the social butterfly. Like, like she's, she's like the face of the podcast. Like she's <laughs> my favorite, orchid. and I'm on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. 
She's kind of the face of the podcast. Us introverts, we just work behind the scenes. Some more than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just work super, super in the background. Only in my head. So far in the background, we can't even see him. That's right. I just plan things in my own brain <laughs> and then just speak them occasionally. And then Alamus is like, I got it. Yep. And then by the time Hyven looks at it, oh, it's already done. It's too fast, man. I was bored. It was so fast. Anywho, Hyven, yes. you got shout outs? I do. Trying to skip me? Yes. Um, I would I like. I can't to... skip you. You were just like, do you have any shout outs? I'm going on ahead. No, I was just making sure Alamist was done. Um, yeah. Of course, shout out to you guys. We have a, a great time here, and it's always fun and love it all the time. Even when I do heavy thigh because I like to stay topical, but I do enjoy our goofing around. We do it all the time when we're hanging out or in a party or various kinds of things like that. Um, and then also a uh, shout out to the Discord to all of our new followers. Uh, if you're listening to this, thanks for joining. I'm just like waiting for the other shoe to drop, as they say. Although no shoes dropped to start with. Yeah, we just keep growing, and people always have good things. I'm just wondering when everyone's going to be tired of us. And it sounds <laughs> like a broken record, us keep saying, like, we don't know how we've gotten such, Dude, like, happy community. But it, it really it is it really is a, a pleasure and a joy to see the growth. Um, we thank all the, the new people to come in. Um, I know the Discord has definitely uh, taken off. Well, it's maybe not always there for like lfg and that kind of stuff we do have pages for that we're working on trying to get groups to help out people if you don't get any responses in lfg just know we're trying to build our community and things like that but thank you everyone brand new who's come in there and thank you for everyone who's making it um such a great place to be and then yeah so that's kind of my shout out and then i just want to shout out uh, not arf specifically for uh joining the team and helping us to kind of organize and be a little bit of a moderator for that thing. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, of course, yeah. Orchid for always being um, there. Uh, Orchid Guys, and if you don't follow Orchid, you're missing out on her weekly that. hot takes. Not only that, but also her, like, almost daily hilarious stories from her job. Like, right. go follow her on Twitter. She's hysterical. Like, that girl can write a joke. I mean, oh, yeah. thank God Elmas found her because he can't save a joke. Ugh. His jokes like, are fantastic. Don't lie. They're just <laughs> no. Orchid's actually funny. Orchid's like stand-up comedy funny. Her mom texted her to ask her what this tree was. And when she said, Mom, I don't know, her mom said, don't you have a degree in trees? Like, no. No, she's a chemist who works at a paper mill. That does not give her the ability to figure out what tree you saw on your hike. Oh, that's great. And that was like, I have told everyone this story because it was like the best thing I have read in like several weeks. Oh, man. That is pretty funny. That is what you get on Orchid's Twitter, you guys. So this is your Orchid shout outs? I like it. (laughs) And it's funny because like Orchid was, was joking that I don't work with trees. I work with the sausages of trees. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, she's amazing. Um, also, once again, just to the Discord, um, it's been awesome. 
you know, it was so funny. If you guys don't know what we're talking about this past episode, we've been saying, you know, oh, take a shot. Oh, take a shot. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about doing like, oh, a, a drunk episode or something like that, or the Guardians of Lore drinking game. And everybody in the Discord this week got on and started talking about like all of our things and like what would be a shot. And um, it was so cute because not Arf was like, I don't want to offend you guys. Like, I want you guys to know that we like mean this out of love. And like, we took it as nothing. But like, it was so funny. I even called Hyven. It was like, I can't believe people listen to us enough to actually know these little weird like tendencies that we have or have picked up on these repetitive things to like even have these suggestions that are so accurate and so hilarious. And it was really just like heartwarming and like just I was just kind of dumbfounded by it. Like I I think you misunderstand though. It's not necessarily that we need to do a drink drinking episode. It's that people play the drinking game while they listen to our episode and we get everyone drunk. Yeah. Both, <laughs> right? All of the above. It's That's all, all the people the who have been playing it. All get to drink. We just haven't got to play it for ourselves yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to that, um, additionally to some of the new Twitter followers we've gotten, um, we've actually gotten some new Twitter followers from a specific post that was posted based off of a discussion that we were having in our Discord. So like our Discord is really even helping us like I don't know, develop these new discussions and these new conversations. It's not just um, us talking anymore. It's the whole whole group of us. It's so cool to hear from you guys because we're, we're not that cool. Which is kind of <laughs> what the Discord is, though. We, kinda, <laughs> we set that up and we're just letting everyone go. It's yeah, not about... it's fun to like see our followers talking to each other, people we've talked to talk to each other. And so it's been really cool to see this community and see how it's blossomed and see how, you know, maybe it's helped people even um, or just given them something to kill some time. Like whether it's helped you in a big way or a little way, like it's really cool to hear. Um, also, we've heard that some people have been nervous to reach out to us, but are glad they did. If you guys are ever nervous, please don't be. We are, like, the weirdest, lamest people. Um, and we, like, yeah, we're, yeah. Well, it's not that they please think we're amazing. Be. It's just some people are nervous and not good with uh, reaching out. Yeah, but that's what I'm I saying. Understand. It's not because we're amazing. They're just, like, nervous to reach out to strangers. Like, don't be because, like, we will talk to, like, longtime friends. I promise I will make it weird, but in a great way. She's lying, guys. <laughs> Talking to strangers is very scary. Don't ever do it. Well, um, see, see, the thing here is that we're not strangers. We were, always, we were always taught not to not to talk to strangers, but we're as strange as they come. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. But yeah, so it's been really awesome. We love this community. Our like little like. Guardians of Lore family. It's been really awesome and really fun and getting to know everybody and getting to know more personal things or more silly things has been a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so keep it coming. If you haven't already joined the Discord, just just drop in. If you really hate it, you can leave. Like we, like we said, we're waiting for people to do that, actually. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so just thank you to everyone in the Discord, on the Twitter, um, listeners who don't follow us on that either because, hey, if you don't want to, don't, you know? I Somebody on Discord recently got on and they were like, I almost bit the bullet and made a Twitter just to contact you guys. Well, I know for a fact that I'm the <laughs> Discord user who gets on a ton of channels and then I never discuss. I'll just kind of tune in every once in a while. 
Um, so I'm sure we probably get a lot of that. Just people who like to just kind of be in the in the group. So yeah. That's, so that's how yeah. it works. Ultimately, Heck, I'm not in there that often. Ultimately, the Discord is for you guys. We'll chime mm-hmm. in, but go nuts. Yep. And some of those important ones, the feedback page, really like and appreciate. Uh, keep giving all, give us all your feedback. We always ask for your views, but now if you're on the Discord, you not only can email and tweet us, but you can just quickly type in feedback. Um, you telling us that Hyman sucks. Lore chat is really nice, so that you, if you there's something on the podcast that you have a question about, you can ask, and you won't just get answers from us. You'll get answers from our, the whole group, and you yeah, can also just have really discussions. Cool. Uh, just keep in mind that nobody is dumb, no questions are stupid, and uh, be respectful and mindful of everyone's opinions, uh, because the lore all started from nothing and has formed into this beautiful story, so keep that in mind. Um, and then those are some of the pages that I really like and hope you guys can benefit from. And make sure to read the rules. Yes. Because yeah. I think we still have a couple of new lights left just straggling from not <laughs> accepting the rules. Yep. So I think one of those is your brother, Alamus, so you might want to get on him. He's been busy with school, but yeah. Yeah, I'll get on him. <laughs> Anywho, this seems like a good place to stop. We could honestly shout you guys out so much um, because we're still dumbfounded by the love and support. And we, like I, like we've been saying it, beating this dead horse, we really appreciate you guys. But it's because we really appreciate you guys. Um, and it's just, it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, we're just three dorks talking about video game lore. I wasn't a dork before this, man. <laughs> You've always been. I'm a full nerd. I was explaining somebody like the entire like life and story of Shin Malfer the other day on the headset, and it was crazy. Somebody was like, "Oh, somebody watches their Bife videos," and I was like, "Actually, not to knock at Bife because he's great, but I've actually never watched a Bife video. Um, my husband and my other uh, friend and I have a podcast, and I learn a lot on there." Because everything I know about the lore, I've learned right here, or uh, Focus Fire Chat. So yeah, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah, so proud of you. There's so many different wonderful ways to to learn. Whether you're watching some of the the greats of like Mylan and Bife on YouTube, or just listening to Focus Fire or our lowly podcast, there's plenty of other ones out there also. Exactly. There's a little something for everyone out there if you want to learn. Some people like the visuals. Some people just want to listen while they do work. So whatever tickles your fancy such a weird phrase well and we're all part of the lore network it's true yeah so if you don't even know where to start go there because blue crew (laughs) has put that sucker together and it is beautiful well on that note our final reminders are as we've think we've already covered but uh send us your reviews and your critiques and feedback uh you have you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore or email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com or find the link to our Discord in the... Um, on our Twitter page. It's on our Twitter page and it's also in the podcast feed. Yeah. I do believe last time I looked. It's uh, actually so yeah, pinned to the Twitter page so it is the first tweet that comes up when you go to our page. Indeed. Well, I think with that, 
We'll sign off. Take care. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. Right when you are. Oh my God! You started. Okay. Yeah, I did. Oh, then we're ready. I was just trying to wait out of decency to you, but now we're ready to go. Are you just up here because you want food? You don't even love me. You don't even Hello. love me. Do we have this week in Destiny? Oh, stuff you missed in Destiny. Um, the patch notes actually came out. We talked yeah, about that was going to happen. The patch notes came out. We just talked about everything was going to happen last week, but. Uh, Isn't Iron Banana next week? I think so. The update came out. You know the. Um, Isn't it two point six point one? I don't or know. Is it... sure. That's your department. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Elvis <laughs> department. Mrs. Ivan doesn't know that. No. Does Kona know it? Guess what I realized today. What? Our initials put together as a family. Wait. Um. 2.6.0.1. I didn't even finish my story. I was answering Alamis' original thing. He's a big kid with Google. Anyways, so together as a family, the four of us, not even any like finagling of our initials, just if you put our initials of order of oldest to youngest, our initials spell neck. And today... Yep. N-E-C-K. And today, Kona was being a real... Uh, in the car. What did you say? We could get rid of you and we'd still spell neck. You No, you wanted to get rid of her. And I was like, yeah, we, we could get rid of her you. and we could still spell neck. It wouldn't be right, but the sound would still be there. <laughs> we don't need you. Oh, man. Yes, I was about to say, Wait. the dungeon came out along with the quest for... Look at Xenophage, which mm-hmm. I never. Uh, Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, and then there's the festival. <laughs> see, Daddy? Do you see Uncle Elamist? Oh, no. Tell them. Oh, no. I'm sitting here making a fuss because I want Mommy Taco Bell. Because I am a horrible puppy. I need to find <laughs> a way of turning <laughs> off, like, the auto balancing because. Yeah. The auto-balancing on your camera? Like, I'm all whitewashed right now. Same, and I don't like it. You guys normally aren't that. So maybe, so I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. You still look wonderful. You're all crystal clear, but it's because if I turn the light on behind me to try and balance that out, I just, like... You're fine there. It's just dark. sometimes when you get close, it, like, yeah, like Ella was saying, it just, like, focuses. Weird, at least for you there. Either way, you're not that far back. It's just like the auto. As it's like the auto. Yeah. No, it's just my screen, honestly, whitewashing me. Yeah. All right. Because it's the only source of light around me right now. Actually, I am gonna turn on the light because I'm gonna get real sleepy if I don't. I don't care if it washes me out in the back. You can turn on the other lights. No, you have all the ones on. Other light. <laughs> yeah. Festivals around until what? The 18th. I don't know. Again, not my department. Something. That's why I'm not asking you. <laughs> That's right. Or is it the 11th? Uh, Mom's the 11th. 
It is. Oh lord. Um, November sixth. No, that that was last year. Oh my god, no. Oh. November nineteenth. Yes, I th- okay. I thought it was. Oh so- my god, we're just falling apart at the <laughs> seams. I thought we were ready. We started recording, and now all of this is gonna be in the bloopers. No, uh, not really. <sighs> not really anything bloopery about putting together show notes. I don't know. Yeah. You just said the word bloopery. Sounds like poopery, which sounds like poop. Actually, that sounded more like potpourri, but sure. <laughs> okay, now that, yeah. that's going to go into the bloopers. And Kona's a big poopy head. Look at this poopy head. Do you guys see this poopy head? <laughs> oh, it's straight up. All right, straight up, straight up, straight up. Straight Are you guys ready yet? I'm yeah. already getting bored. Uh... We need to start coming up with actual ideas for, like, our dr- drunk... Episode. I don't know. Oh, I think our, Lord. our Discord people, our Discord peoples, have nailed it. Yeah, yeah, they they can decide. Right, you got and, this. The hive inside, and when I'm at twenty percent. All right, we'll take it down twenty percent, so we can. Uh, you take about twenty percent off there. <laughs> what? All right, I am going to start so I can eat my. Hard no. Stuff. Hard yes. If we can start, then I can let you guys talk while I eat. I'm so hungry. You know what I ate today? Nothing. All right. Anyway, let's do this because I was and whose getting... fault is that? Some chicken. It was mine. It was a chain of events and random things. But then I was messing with her. I was messing with her computer and my computer. And I get I lose get in the zone when I'm messing with software and hardware and auto zone. Working out. Yeah, I get in the zone. What well, right. makes it go from soft? <clears throat> The hardware. How are you? Um, solid members. That's what. Not. You just got to be careful of all that RAM. One you can touch, and one you can just imagine. Good touch, bad touch. You can touch that hardware. Like you're technically hardware, you know? Because I wear so hard on you? No, not at all. Can you stop? <laughs> there it is. Take a shot. Because you're tangible, right? Oh, you froze like that for a second, too. It was great. Did I? Did I really? Or was yeah. I just sitting like that permanently for Both. life? Both. But also... You want to see this poopy head again? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did you start the recording and then derail us instantly. <laughs> How do you I didn't. do this? You guys realized that there was nothing in the show notes under yeah, stuff you made in Destiny, it. and you guys gave me seven minutes of complete and total boredom. All right. Well, how about have let's have some fun with uh, Varix. Yes. Fine. Can you just start? <clears throat> it's gonna be awful because I'm a much better host, but whatever. You're the worst host. You might be the best, the most fun host, but as far as the most professional <laughs> and keeping us on topic, you're the the worst Look, I'm the most fun, you're the most professional, and Alamus is actually the one who does the most stuff. Most organized. <laughs> he is the one who actually gets it done. <laughs> Elemis was voted for a most stable relationship or most stable like to grow up. <laughs> I'm not stable. You're stable. Don't pin this on me. <laughs> he said, I don't want this kind of pressure. <laughs> All right, stable. 
Kona is the most stable. She's not. All right, here we go. Oh, God, she's not. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 43, recorded October... That's not right. Nope, that's not. <laughs> it is November 2nd, I do believe. Uh, <clears throat> you still can't tell us what the date is. Huh? Oh, yeah, it is right down there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On both of them, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it was mostly just I was trying to look at that and I got distracted. All right. Anything you Wherever can really you can find you the podcast. You your sweet and... butt. I'm going to leave that review. She's going to say two words. Hyven sucks. All right. And on that note. <clears throat> yeah. It's still going to be five stars, though, because I don't want to ruin our rating. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nobody said it was bad at sucking. Five oh, stars suck. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, I'll just cut all that out for a second. That's a good blooper. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Five stars suck. <laughs> it's a five star stuck right back. I didn't even say it right. <laughs> Let's just move on. Yeah, I'm sure that show notes will definitely be. Not show notes. Oh, my God. What, just, I'm having a seizure. Shout out? You're having a seizure? Oh, God, no. I was, thought there was something on my screen, and it was it was just you. <laughs> on your screen. Never mind. Hyven. Hyven. Focus. 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 Oh my He's losing. Eyes up here, buddy. Sorry. You're just so appetizing. I mean, appealing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really weird when you say that. <laughs> You're so appetizing. Ew. All right. What is oh, happening? Man. Just cut out the whole show note, whatever I was trying to say. I love oh, how Mrs. Hyphen and I are the calm ones here tonight. No, I just am having really a lot of trouble focusing right now. I've been going hard, and I think the absence of uh, sustenance must be kicking in. Our dogs are... Hey! 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 No! No! Hey, hey you're making no. it worse. They're just going back and forth with each other. Okay. Sorry, Connor's trying to eat my tacos. You're not getting that. That's mommy's. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, you leave those tacos alone. Right? What does she think she is? I didn't order her any tacos. She doesn't need tacos. Anyway. Can I start eating my tacos? Are you going to be talking for a while? Are you asking? No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I'm asking questions. Okay. 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 Everybody focus. And then just another... uh, she mute. What are you, what's she doing? What's she barking at? Callie. She wants Callie to come out of the covers and play with her. Spank her butt. Not tonight. I guess you could throw her in here Why? with the bones. I don't know. I don't know. She'll normally Do calm down. <laughs> no, not these. These are Nyla bones. Plastic. They scrunch and squish and shoot on. They're not as fun then. Um, it might have been Justin, actually, uh, who... I just hear, you want to get your... Uh, beat. <laughs> hey. Hush. <clears throat> Come here and beat yours, too. 
Oh, promises. I was about to say. <laughs> um. uh, this book will uh, detail the events leading up to the prison bake. Bra- uh, chicken bake. Bacon in that. the prison. He wanted to feel something for them. What dominated his thoughts, though? Ugh. I'm okay. You got this. Take a shot. That one's not fair, though, because you do it whenever you're trying to help me. Why am I having such a hard time saying that? Oh, I'm in trouble speaking tonight. Words yeah. are hard. Curse of the readers. <laughs> all, all, curse of all curse readers. Curse of just being a host on a podcast. Everything's <laughs> documented when you screw up. <laughs> Barracks knew the time would have... Why am I stumbling on it inevitably? Get that one word. What was my word like two weeks ago that I just couldn't get out? I don't know. There's Ideology. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It happened. That one was funny. You got this. Take a shot. We're gonna be drunk from kindness. Right. He keyed the comms. Yes. 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 How does he? How would you say it? like yes, yes, and yes, or? Yes, yes, yes. Is that how he sounds? <laughs> oh, my belly hurts. Okay. Tendrils seemed to grow with the light. Where they were reaching from... <sighs> Where? Where they were reaching from or stretching Just toward... breathe. You've got You're this. Good. It's one of those W-E-R-E words. Where were... I just keep wanting to say hour, and I keep like, okay. You got this. I'll take two shots. (laughs) You walk among them because you have failed. No, this is the voice was soft. I did not make that soft. I think you're dying. Everything seems to be hurting. Good thing you get an extra hour of sleep tonight. Yep. Oh, we do, don't we? Yep. See, you're losing your powers. You cut off your hair, and now you, everything's dying. I'm losing my powers. First, you you said it was your hormones, then it was your stomach, and not your back. You're just dying. You've lost your eagle power. Oh no, God. you know what? This is like tangled. <laughs> yeah. So my exactly. powers are my tears now. Good. <clears throat> yeah. I cry a lot. Oh, anyway. that went darker than I hoped. Tangles an effing lie. Nobody gets their hair cut with a shard of glass and has perfect effing layers. Don't even get me started. I love Tangled. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. But don't even get me started. On it wasn't exactly layered. It was pretty just chopped oh, yes, off. Oh, yes. Because that's the it thing that's fake about it. It was perfectly layered and like, ching, and like, done. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. That's the thing that's fake about that movie. <sighs> Look, I can step outside the realm of reality and and hop into the mystical, magical world of Disney, but Disney needs to work on their realistic expectations, all right? Errol made people want to have fire engine red hair growing up, and, like, that's just not real. Oh, yeah, it is. People did it. Just from a bottle. They still do it. Yeah, not real color, but they had to make redheads appealing for Shut up. I got to finish this time. All right, you redhead, sit down. I don't have that kind of red hair. It's come down. Oh, my. Why don't you read before you say something you regret? That's a very low bar. You regret everything <laughs> you say? <laughs> huh? Does that mean you regret everything you say? Oh, I meant it. 
No, that would I mean regret she very doesn't little. regret a whole lot. I think mm-hmm. you're right. I should have said that's a very high bar. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Everybody shut up. You walk among them because you failed. I know. So. That's why I cry my magical tears. With the power of healing. And song. I was thinking more when Captain Planet, when our powers unite. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what Captain Planet is? No. Is he the one who wears his underwear? He takes bad guys down to zero. I feel like we're singing it. You don't know. Earth. Wind. Water. Fire. Fire. I know that once the Fire Nation attacked... Oh my god, that's, that's, that's Avatar. completely different. That's Avatar. Wow, man, I, I can't believe you don't know Captain Planet. Anyway. No, I don't. Just watch that. Right. I'm surprised you I don't said know Avatar. shut up so I can read. I do know Avatar. Okay. <clears throat> I was making a joke, because I'm funny, dang it. Alright, I'm at less than 20%. Let's get this done. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go die now. I love you uh, Go ahead and end the call. Yeah, you are recording. Oh, no, don't yeah. end the call.